You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 54 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. This is the show for February 2018, and I'm your host, Bart Pouchotz. Joining me today, I have a panel that is small in quantity, but high in quality. Um, Basically, it's all of us huddled around the Irish Sea today. Um, We're we're all sort of sheltering from uh, Storm Emma, or the beast from the east, as it's being called here. So I have two and a half, three foot of snow in my back garden, and uh, I think, Gaz, you're not too far off either. Yeah, we've we've got a a bit coming our way, but uh, we've got those cold winds. So I think we're the we're the sandwich, we're the jam in between two very white sandwiches either side of us. To be honest, ah, yeah, well, we we have actual blizzard conditions here. So fifty k an hour winds combined with heavy snowfall. It's uh, mm. charming weather altogether. Uh, I should say that is the wonderful Gaz from the My Mac podcast. And then also with me from somewhere in Great Britain, we have Simon Parnell from Essential Apple. Hi, Simon. Hello, Bart. <clears throat> yeah, I'm in Suffolk. You're actually, in as Suffolk. Am, now, you're going to have to help me here because... That's the bump on the bum. It's about as far east as you're going to get. <laughs> that is the best, that is the single best description I've ever heard. I will now never forget where Suffolk is. <laughs> and actually, we've got off quite light strangely um although suffolk usually does because if anything comes from the north or the northeast then uh lincolnshire and norfolk get it and if it comes uh you know any any direction apart from straight east uh then somewhere else gets it and uh, normally and it's about... the southwest right i mean the southwest is where most yeah. of our weather comes from and you're very 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 sheltered from that <laughs> we are indeed so the only time we get on the whole extreme weather is with with an easterly and um like we've had about four yes but we've had about well yesterday we had about four inches of snow um, today basically no more although we have now got icy blasting winds which are are gusting but uh, yeah lincolnshire apparently was so bad i heard on the uh, on the radio this morning that uh, the woman who's in charge of lincolnshire travel services mm. said no major routes in lincolnshire are open and one of our uh, snow plows got stuck in the snow in the snow <laughs> so yeah uh, if they're in lincolnshire they got it bad yeah our, our official advice from our weather service is remain indoors between 3 p.m thursday and noon friday it's just that straightforward don't go outside so uh, don't go out. I, I figured, why not podcast? Indeed, quite right. So, with that said, let us get stuck into the Apple news for the shortest month of the year, which is February. Uh, before we get into entirely new stories, I just one little follow-up story that sort of developed, which is obviously Throttlegate continued a little bit into February. Um, mostly, I think mostly positive. Um, so we got a, a beta 2 of iOS 11.3. So where last we left our hero, Apple had promised us that iOS 11.3 would have a new interface in settings for controlling or see it. Well, actually, you know, controlling and seeing the state of your battery and whether or not you're throttling. So basically it will show you how healthy your battery is, tell you whether or not throttling is activated, and you can then choose to override that setting and say, I know you think my battery's, you know, poopy but I want you to not throttle and let my phone crash in a heap instead. Um, that's your choice now. 
So we can see that UI in the beta and the Mac Observer linked in the show notes has screenshots, etc., etc. So that's coming our way shortly, hopefully. And then we talked a lot about the various governments around the world uh, getting in contact with Apple. And what we saw is Apple's response to U.S. Senator John Thune, who sent some specific questions to which Apple responded. And there wasn't much news broken in that response, but there were two interesting points of note. Uh, the first is that the iPhone 8, 8S and iPhone 10 are not going to need to have this kind of throttling applied when they age because apparently Apple have changed something in the hardware that means that they're dealing with it in that way rather than through software throttling. And our Apple are apparently, and I quote, exploring giving partial refunds to customers who paid the full price for a battery replace- replacement before they reduced the price last month. So that, that's where we stand at the moment. Um, there's nothing too shocking there in my opinion. What do you guys think? Can I? Uh, oh, you, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Simon. Um, well, I'm on the beta, so I have a, uh-huh. I have an iPhone seven, and uh, yes, there basically it shows you the state of your battery. Mine's reported to be about ninety three percent of original quality, and then it says no throttling is uh, in effect, and that's all there is on mine. I guess if your throttling was on, there'd be a no, I, yeah, I choose don't do to, it button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't do that. Um, it's eighty percent of the threshold, isn't it? When your battery goes below, or is it seventy? I'm not sure. It depends on who you talk to. Exactly where? Well, I guess we'll uh, know, right? Because now that we have this UI, we'll soon get to know where those th- thresholds are because people will be yeah. able to see. Although, as I understand it, from what I've read, it's very much the affected phones are very much the six and the six S. Right. Um, the 7, I believe, has been set that it can be throttled if the battery gets low enough. But from what I've read, what snippets I've caught elsewhere, Apple have at least implied that the 7 is less prone to the problems of the 6 series, which I, I suspect is probably the start of what has ever um, they've done in the 8, which is, uh, yeah. they say, in the 8 and, and beyond will not need to be throttled. So. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I just need to correct myself there a bit because I've just remembered from some of the reporting, there's no threshold. It's the first time that your phone does that thing where the battery goes from 30% to zero almost instantly. That's when it enables the throttling. The first time, basically, it, it runs into the wall. Right, right, right. When it, when it can't meet the spike, basically. Yeah, exactly. So basically, once you had a spike that the phone failed to reach, at that point, the phone comes back up with the, with the, the throttling enabled, which is not a, not a, not a dumb way to do it, actually. No, that's actually a very good way to do it because it could be that um, if you don't use processor-intense applications, you might find that your battery might be at only 70% and still never spike. Never wallop, yeah. Now, the one the one thing is with this kind of weather, it just strikes me because I was, uh, you know, b- before the worst of the snow came, we already had the cold winds and I was out on the bike getting some pre, you know, some, some pre-storm exercise in because I, I feel terrible. I've been trapped indoors far longer than I'm used to. Not not agreeing with me at all, uh, but my headphones, which normally have no problem, my Bluetooth headset no problem lasting me a day, because of the cold winds. I, I was you know still half an hour from home when I got battery low whispered into my ear. Actually, not whispered into my ear. The Trex titaniums shout into your ear that they're out of battery. <laughs> um, so it is kind of interesting that this is exactly the kind of weather where people will will first bump into this year because I had a success that was affected, and it was always the winter months. And always when I was out on the bike in the cold that suddenly 
I would, you know, I'd, I'd take my phone out to check the GPS and I would just watch the battery like like a countdown timer. Go 30, 28, 29, shut down. Mm. Well, they don't like the cold, do they? They really don't like the cold. No, 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 no yeah. The, 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 it changes the chemistry of the battery and not in a way that makes the electrons flow more freely. Gaz, no. you, you were looking to jump in there as well. Yeah, I've heard some stuff. It's it is related to this, but it's about a- Apple's um, uh, very good offer of changing uh, the battery on your phone. Mm. And I I heard a, a story that went through to uh, the Maccast uh, some I think it was a few weeks ago, where somebody I think they were based in the UK and they went to try and get the the battery changed, uh, and they were told that they couldn't get it changed because they. Um, the wet sensors or the the water sensors inside the phone had been spiked Mm. uh, and therefore there could well be something else wrong with the phone and they weren't therefore prepared to change the battery at that cost or they weren't prepared to change the battery because it uh, it, it wasn't the, uh, you know, possible. Yeah, they they weren't prepared to service the phone at all, actually. Yeah, which... um, I'm a little, a little concerned about that because what I now want them to give us in the betas is an option to tell us whether our water sensors have been uh, clicked because then we won't waste our time sending the phones to Apple. To get I them believe fixed. They're, might... they're physical stickers that you have to visually inspect. I don't believe no, they're correct. Correct. As, correct. As I understand it, they're simply, yeah, they're like... Um, you know, they're chemically activated, aren't they? They're something that changes colour if the water goes on. Absolutely, but my point still stands in the fact that um, some people spend an awful lot of time, and I can't tell whether that has been activated. And if I spend uh, an hour and a half, two hours, trying to get to my local Apple store and they just turn me away, I'm not sure that's great management, especially when they've got a bit of a battery issue. I would have preferred to have heard the story go along the lines of, sir, you're back... these have been um, uh, registered. Um, we're going to look at it, and we, if we don't find anything else, we might change the battery for you. But to kind of turn them away, which was – it's hearsay because I don't know the full story, um, but if that was how the story went, I'm just a little bit disappointed in, in that service Well, there is side. one subtle difference. Is, so they said that, you know, the, the moisture sensors have been tripped, and there was a follow-up on the next MacCast where an Apple genius – had uh, sort of filled Adam in on what goes on behind the scenes. And basically, there's not a moisture sensor. There are many moisture sensors. And if the one on the outside is tripped, that doesn't automatically disqualify you. It's the ones when you completely open the case, there are other ones deep inside the device. And if the water has gone deep in, at that point, they they go, okay, no, this, this has been proper wet. And at that point, you're the warrant. Uh, basically, the, and, and the warranty is where, basically voided, and at that point, they're not going to service it. And then, what they offer that, you is a replacement at uh, their replacement, their standard replacement cost. And that's n- what we didn't get from that full story. We didn't hear whether that, you know, whether it was a cursory look down where one of the sensors uh, is visible, or whether it was a full uh, check, and then they've come back. But I'm still, I'm still disappointed at the reaction back. If the reaction back was um, as per the uh, what the person said, because my my daughter is, has got an iPhone six. She's got. A hell of a lot of problems with the uh, with her battery, and I said just hold fire and go and uh, uh, make an appointment. But now 
now I'm thinking, God, I can imagine she's going to be really fed up with me if she spends, because it'll take her an hour and a half to get to the store from where she is. Um, even she makes an appointment. And for them then to turn around and say, that there's also water damage in there. Um, I, I think you might process. be turning anecdote into data there, Gaz. This is a, 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 a story from a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are literally hundreds of thousands of people getting batteries replaced and they are not all having that experience. Totally get that. Totally get that. Totally get that. Personally, now I, I still have it, my phone success pro- and I'm holding the prob- on. The problem for me in this, this whole process is it, it backs up the experience that I've had with UK um, Genius Bars on occasion. Not every mm. time, but on occasion I have been – it's a kind of – Sorry, can't do anything, sir. Because, because, and it's kind of uh, that's uh, my, yeah. Okay, my fine. experience with Apple support of late has been I've always gotten where I need to go, but it's generally involved my uttering the magic words. Can I speak to your manager, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I, I hate it when I, I hear that from. A, oh, I am extremely that, polite about it. Um, I no, just no, no, basically no, no, say, no. I understand you don't have the authority to help me. Could you please transfer me to someone who does? Thank you very much for your time. And I'm extremely nice about it. And once you end up escalated, those managers have power of discretion and they have never disappointed me. Okay, but that's still a disappointing attitude to take to everybody because there are people that will go, oh, right, okay, turn away. And then, you know, that's their experience. So, hey, we'll see. We'll see. It's difficult to run a support organization for so many million customers around the world and have it be flawless. Compared to my experiences with customer support at Dell... While I will complain about Apple, I, I, I consider them to be superior to my other experiences. And I'm not going to disagree with that. You could argue I'm, I'm, I'm setting a low bar, but anyway, so be it. <laughs> um, in terms of main stories for the month, it's actually not been that busy a month. I've, I've sort of broken it into three clumps of stories. Um. And the first one is arguably sort of follow-up as well to last month. Um, last time we were talking, the HomePod had been pre-released and pre-ordered, and there were some review units out there, but no actual customers had received their units yet. They'd, they'd order them, but they hadn't received them yet. And so a month has passed, and now people have received their devices, people have been using their devices, and everyone is reviewing them, not just the people, the, the handful of people who got them up front. And to some extent, I think what's happened is that the initial reviews that we talked about last time with caution, that we sort of said, ooh, will this prove to be so, have basically proved to be so. The audio files are delighted. The thing doesn't do any more than Apple promised it would, which is a lot less than what some people wanted to do. And uh, probably the most dramatic thing that happened is that it leaves white rings on some types of furniture. Um, yes, and that's a. I. It's a bit of a thing, really. That um, we did this talk about this um, on the on the essential Apple, and we had uh, Jeff was on Jeff from the uh, Mac Observer. Jeff Gamut, I presume. And, yes, Jeff Gamut. Yes, and uh, he had very much the same opinion as me, which is. Um, didn't your grandmother ever tell you not to put anything directly onto a polished wood surface? <laughs> that, that, that was actually exactly my my reaction as well. It's like, I was raised never to do that. 
And unsurprisingly, it's a scandal that the Apple speaker does it and we discover it after a few days. And it didn't take long for everyone to go, yeah, the Sonos One has done that for like years and no one's complained. Well, the thing is, as far as I can understand it, you know, I mean, if it marked every piece of wood in sight, then I'd, I'd be a bit more... Yeah, so my understanding like a- right, of the chemistry that's going on, so I've had this explained to me on one of the science podcasts I listen to. So if you have a wooden surface that is oiled rather than varnished, um, which is apparently the fashion these days. I have no such surfaces, but apparently that's the fashion. I think it's called butcher block. Um, so those woods have an oil in the surface, and that oil literally soaks like a sponge into the rubber at the bottom of the home of the home pot of the Sonos, and when you take it away, what you have is less oil in the bit where the thing was touching. But if you leave it a few days, the oil from around it will seep back in and redistribute itself, so that it will fade and vanish as the oil in the surface, you know, does its thing and flows very very slowly. So it's not doing permanent damage. It's not doing scratches. It's just that the the unvarnished surface, the, the oil there is leaching into the rubber. Yeah, well, I think, I think as I understand it, like, like you, uh, they're saying some surfaces, and as I understand it, it's oiled, uh, you know, polished, so French polished or wax polished type mm. woods. But if you've got, you know, this uh, sort of uh, raw wood, you know, unfinished um, wood or I'm barley. sure someone somewhere is shouting very loudly at their iPod to be describing this highly fashionable butcher block as unfinished, but I have to say I would agree with you. Uh, you know, um, uh, well, it's um, without uh, any surface treatment, then, merely the raw wood um, or, you know, varnished as uh, hard varnish. Unsealed, then, I think, uh, is what we're talking about, because uh, an oil unsealed. finish is you a finish. Use, yes, uh, you can have an un, you can have an unsealed wood. Uh, you can probably, as far as I'm aware, you can put it on a hard, um, you know, a hard varnished surface, but you should not. It, it causes a problem if you put it on an oiled or waxed or yeah. probably a French polished surface, and that is exactly the surface that my grandmother would have whacked me around the head for placing That's what anything doilies on are for. Without a doily or a, or a cork mat, precisely. Yes. And uh, Jeff said exactly the same. And then I said, well, you know, maybe Apple should have, uh, you know, had a note for those who didn't have grandmothers who had, you but know, But the Sonos doesn't have a note. Over. No. So there you go. I mean, my overall take of it is, you know, if you have a surface of such type, you really ought to know that you should not put anything on it. Ever. <laughs> And as per usual, it's a double standard here, whereas Sonos do this for year, for months and months and months and months, and no one bats an eyelid, and Apple do it for a week, and everyone thinks the world is ending. Yeah, and as I understand it, it is merely the chemistry of the type of material that they use, be it rubber or silicon. Or... And we should say that that rubber has a very important job, because this is an acoustic device, and that rubber's job is to acoustically isolate the device from the surface. And so you can't just use any old rubber. It, it, it will affect the sound. So they've had to choose the rubber to make the thing sound good, which I would argue for a speaker is probably important. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> so there you go, people. Use a doily. Any thoughts, Gaz? Yeah, it's for me, it's a complete non-story. 
um exactly the same as simon you know i used to get slapped around. i get slapped around the head now when i put stuff on some of our tables by by mrs g to be perfectly honest with you so yeah it it and that can be anything you know yeah. don't put that near so yeah, it's a complete non-story it, it's just it's apple's such an easy target for people to get clicks and that's just the world that we're in so i've moved on to be honest with you i'm more interested in what the uh what the unit can do what it sounds like and who i can link up to to the unit to be able to listen to um the music so yeah it's not it's 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 a nothing story the bit about the uh that leaves white rings on so it, i will say it, because it's a white ring, it probably makes it more obvious. And and to be honest with you, also if it's a white ring, you can blame someone with someone with a cup of coffee in the hand. So use that as an excuse. That's called uh, that's one for the Confessions podcast over at BBC Radio Five. Or the, the other thing, of course, is simply that you put it down; it'll be there for five or six years, and then you probably replace it with something else. So on the grand scheme of things, it's probably okay too. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, it's something which I've, I've, I've heard and just kind of my, my, my chin hit hit my chest when I heard stories about this. If I'm honest, yeah, um, I'm assuming none of us have purchased one. Well, I know I haven't. Um, I, I, you, no, neither of you guys are are in the Apple HomePod game. I am I am in the game for one but I I've been waiting for all of the reviews the 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 one thing that's holding me back is uh, its current lack of easy capability for the device itself to link up to something as silly as the um, BBC radio app which I'm not sure whether it can do. I'm, I've, I haven't well, you searched can airplay any sound. Nah, nah, but you're missing the point there, you see, because then and, and what I want it to be able to do is to actually not be airplayed. I want the, the device itself to be able to link up to, um, to well, that's not its that stick. device. No, I know it's not its stick, but I think that stick may come at a later stage. Um, and maybe, maybe. I've 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 heard some good things and some not so good things about the sound, but I I think I'm going to have to go into uh, an Apple store and listen to it. But I I would like to I, I know the AirPlay bit and that would be easy, but um, it it's going to be aimed at somebody else in the household as well. And them and technology is not that they don't know how to use it. It's all about convenience. And, so, Gaz, uh, for 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 you, is it is its role in life going to be to produce high fidelity audio, or is its role in life to be an invisible assistant in the air? I mean, what, what's your reason for being in the? Market? It's going to be an invisible assistant to play music or podcasts or radio or uh, or actually link up to my TV when I want it to. Okay, so okay, so the. The fact that it's a high quality audio speaker is something that is important to it's, you. It's yes, yes, yeah. A high you quality. You also than... want it to be a good Siri speaker, and that's probably where you're a bit uncertain at the moment. Correct, correct, yeah. Okay, interesting. No, I'm just curious because I, if they ever do like a mini version, I'd be tempted, but I have I have no use for spending yeah, that much money yeah, on a speaker. Yeah. Uh, I, I picked I, I one up in Lidl for twenty euro that does uh, Bluetooth and it works just fine. So that's, that's right. my approach. That's right, and that's that's where I think actually that you know I'm looking for just that little bit extra. I am prepared to pay for the for the the better sound, and you know there are people complaining about um, about the output, and there are people saying about the stereo output as well. You know, you listen to some old albums and it can't do that that you know 
left to right sound um it may that may come later but if it you know how many times do you hear people listening to records and which do need a good stereo split and they're listening to them on the phones so really yeah, yeah. <laughs> really well i i hear you know that basically it's separation of the different uh frequencies and stuff is extremely good and that the vocals yeah. don't drown out the background and all that kind of stuff so i've generally heard very positive things about the audience yes i have i have i have um, now I only listen to spoken word, so a high quality speaker for me is a complete waste of time. Yeah, this this would this would only be aimed at myself really. When well, I do play uh, music at home occasionally, uh, and I do like to you know, I, and it, I like the convenience of it. You know, I, I've got lots of albums which I still use and put on my turntable, but actually, mm. <laughs> we've become an instant gratification. Um, society to some degree and even I've got to that point where I do enjoy when, when I've got time I enjoy actually you know choosing the album putting it on the turntable and playing it through my speakers but actually really most of the time I'd, there are times when I'd like to just have music playing just shout at what you want and have it magically appear and have it at a you know with a reasonable um, uh, audio sound coming through yeah. as well so cool Okay, any other thoughts, um, Simon, before we move on? Uh, no, I'm like you, Bart. Um, it, it's too much money for me. Um, I don't listen to music that much these days. Um, and, and, and I feel like an idiot shouting at the room, so I don't want that either. So. Well, I've, I, as you probably know, I'm a complete uh, assistant in a tin can, smart home internet of things refusenik so i've got no i've got no use for that part of it and uh, i don't listen to enough music to be honest uh if i if i really want to listen to some music half decently then i'll put a cd oh my god how how quaint how quaint i put a cd in the stereo and play it out of the speakers um so no no that doesn't mean it's not a good device it's it's a I'm not in the target market, I don't think. Precisely. I haven't bought the latest jet ski, not because it's a bad jet ski, but because I have absolutely no use for a jet ski. And to me, this is a jet ski. (laughs) Yeah, that's a perfect summation, I think, yes. Okay, I'm going to move us into our second story, which is uh, actual news. Well, I say actual news. I I tend not to do rumour and stuff on this show. And arguably, this kind of counts because it's a report rather than something that we know for certain for certain. But regardless, I think it's important. So anyway, with all that faffing out of the way, let's just say that Bloomberg are reporting that Apple are working to taking the middleman out of their supply of cobalt, which is an element that you need in order to build lithium-ion batteries. And obviously, Apple are one of the world's largest consumers of lithium-ion batteries, given that they're in pretty much everything they make apart from the iMac. Uh, and the new Mac Pro, or the yeah, the Mac Pro and the Mac Mini, but you know, almost all other devices have lithium-ion batteries. And um, there's a bit of everyone is expecting there to be a problem with lithium-ion because something else is big on batteries, and that would be electric cars, and those are on the rise. And so people have been saying, oh, there's going to be a real crunch on cobalt. So Apple is going out and they're they're secure, they're you know they're hoovering up the source of cobalt in the same way they did actually with um, solid-state memory just as they were launching the iPhone, and that really hurt their competitors for a long time because Apple was forward-thinking enough to realize there would be a squeeze, and they locked their supply in early, and they seem to be doing the same with Cobalt. Uh, But I have to say, the moment I heard the word Cobalt, my brain went somewhere completely different. 
Apple do a responsibility report every year. And one of the things they flag in their own report as being a problem with their own supply chain that they are that they want to address is the ethics of cobalt. Um, there is so right. There are legitimate. There are non-exploitative mines mining cobalt, but there are also some really shady, really vile underground. Well, not underground, just really vile mines around the world with child labor and all sorts of horrible things. <laughs> that mine cobalt. And if you buy the cobalt from a middleman, you don't know where it came from. And the first thing I thought when Apple was locking in their own supply was they want control of the source so that they can be confident that they're not supporting slavery. And it took a while for the media to start looking at it from that angle because everyone was about Apple are going to hose over Tesla. I'm thinking, or maybe they don't want to exploit kids. Yeah. Or both. Or That's both. The- that's exactly where I came from when I first heard this part as well, um, because I was thinking we know that Apple like control of the whole uh, process because, mm. you know, it, it, it gives them control over availability and, and the production line and um, all of the logistics which goes with that. But it also gives them a view on exactly what's happening down that chain so that they can't be accused of doing something which they ethically uh, disagree with. So, uh, yeah, that's exactly what came to my mind. And given the fact that they had flagged it themselves as being something they were unhappy with about their own supply chain, that mm. that gives it a bit more weight, I think. Sorry, Simon. No, it's fine. Yeah, I I, I think it's a bit of both. Um, the you know the exploitation in various types of cobalt mines is is one thing which I'm pretty sure you know Uncle Tim is not going to be happy to put up with. Mm. Um, and there are several other. Uh, components that are used in in high end electronics, so things like germanium and and various other things. Many of which, uh, particularly the rare earth metals, many of which apparently uh, come from places where you know exploitation of the workers is common. Yeah, and um, I, I'm I understand, or I'm given to understand by people who know more about these things, that Apple's quite keen on sourcing those directly as well. Hmm. Um, the other reason, the you know, the simply getting making sure that you've got an adequate supply. Uh, apparently, uh, again, from what I've read, uh, Apple are not the only people doing this. You know, uh, the Chinese themselves, obviously, you know, as big manufacturers of lithium yeah, iron electronics, them, yeah. you know, they they are. Uh, going and you know they are hoovering up large chunks of supply directly from mines so it may simply be a case that not only for ethical reasons but also for um security of supply and logistics that apple was saying well if the chinese are doing this and samsung are doing this we need to be doing it as well um and i I think tesla as well may also be uh you know trying to source their cobalt directly if they're not they will be now Well, well if they're not exactly and if they're not they soon will be um and yes, there is this thing about you know as we as more and more things rely on such technology, then uh, the prices you know need to be. How are you going to stop your prices being incredibly volatile? Well, by securing supply by saying we'll take seventy five percent of your output and we'll agree a price on it now. Um, and it's also in the mine's interest, of course, because it means they're not having to try find buyers. They can just dig the stuff out of the ground and hand it over. 
well, yeah, from their point of view, you know, all right, if they may have to settle on a a price, a fixed price for so many years, but at the same time, yeah, they they're not, uh, they you know they're not uh, tied to the vagaries and fluctuations in the market either, yeah. because we all know when anything's volatile, it can it can crash as badly as it can uh, boom. The shice, the, 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 the shice, the price of shares may go up as well as down, as, as we all know. Well, yeah, I thought time. you were going to say the, the, the shysters make their money out of manipulating the market. But That uh, is also, I, that is not a sentiment I would disagree with. No. So um, I'm, I'm not really surprised by, by this story at all. Um, as you say, reported by Blomberg, uh, Bloomberg, but I, 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 it would not, you know, it, it doesn't sound like unlikely, does it? It sounds no. almost like a... But really, I'm surprised you haven't done it already. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, just to say again, Tim Cook's history within Apple is one of extremely strong supply chain management. That is Apple's secret sauce. And if oh, yes, you rely on Cobalt and you don't have, a, you, you know, there's middlemen in the way that you're not happy with, well, of course you'll disintermediate them. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed you will. Okay, um, I'm going to move us along into our third main story then, which is sort of a, a meta story. It's a a collection of related stories. It, basically, I think this is the story of our time, to be honest. I, I think this is when people look back at the 20 teens, it will be the decade in which we decided how we feel about privacy uh, online. And I don't know how it's going to turn out. Maybe it's a decade we'll look back on in horror, or maybe it's a decade we'll look back and say, phew, that was a close call. But either way, it's definitely the issue of the day. Um, And it's been sort of an interesting month from that point of view because there's some very contrasting stories. So on the one hand, we're we're used to, the like last month we had the FBI calling Apple jerks and evil geniuses and all this kind of nonsense. And even then, there was another story where there was a field uh, ahead of one of the FBI field offices saying, no, 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 Apple are great. They help us out a lot. Well, we're now this month, we had two stories sort of from the opposite point of view. Uh, we had a Russian spam lord brought to justice with the help of Apple because the information they have, they happily comply with warrants because they're a law-abiding company and they have no objection to that. They just they want to have actual security, which means that some things they don't have and some things they do. And if they have it, they'll hand it over. And if they don't, they won't. And in this case, they were able to hand over. They were able to help authorities, and they brought um, Russian criminals to justice. And also, the New York Police Department have just given all of their cops a fine new tool to help them fight crime: a shiny new iPhone. So, is that after the debacle of the Windows Phone? That yes, that didn't work well for them. <laughs> <laughs> didn't pan out. Uh, yes, we, Microsoft, we've got these cheap phones you can have. Oh, dear. <laughs> There's a reason they're cheap, boys. Uh, right, there we go. No. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, you're right. Last month, the story was, the, you know, the, the guy calling them jerks and evil geniuses and all that. And then uh, the, the FBI guy that you're referring to, I think, is the San Francisco... And uh, San Francisco FBI, who yes. said that no Apple are great and they work with us all the time and they they train some of our guys and they take, teach us you know all sorts of things, um, as well as also being on call for the um, FBI itself for tech, sort of technical support. Um, uh, our guest last week we had um, Andy J, who's a, a digital forensics specialist. Oh. Um, and he said that 
he trusts Apple uh, more than he trusts pretty much any other corporation to look after his thing. But, um, you know, in his job, he has always found them to be, as you say, uh, you know, very law abiding. And as long as you can produce, you know, the relevant paperwork and the rule of law to say, please, can you help us out with this? They will bend over backwards to help him. So, uh, yeah. So, well, I think I, I mean that was that was highlighted. It was it the San Bernardino case, mm. yes, where, where, where Apple said, "Why didn't you ask if you?" Yeah, they, they, bit... was it, they, they ended up locking them. They ended up locking the yeah. guy's iCloud account by incompetence, yeah. and Apple were like, "Why didn't you come to us? If you had come to yeah. us, we could have done X, Y, and Z." Uh, I think in that story, the big thing was that it was all blown up that Apple were saying, "No, you can't do this." And now they they said they would not unlock the phone but um no but they, they could unlock the iCloud data set couldn't they? well they, they, they'd um i believe they'd already passed the over the backups and what they had from iCloud which of course turned out wasn't very much because the guy wasn't really using the phone but um the reason that they said we're not prepared to break into the phone was i believe yes that the uh, whoever had recovered the phone had Instead of getting straight in touch with Apple and saying, what can we do to get data off his phone? They tampered with it in an attempt to, oh, let's see what we can get off this phone. And unsurprisingly, it had gone, huh, I don't believe that you are a valid person attempting to enter this phone and uh, I've locked you out. <laughs> yeah. And then Apple went, you muppets, what did you do that for? <laughs> Um, just just yeah. to clarify, so it's not that Apple refused to unlock the phone no. that you know, they could. Basically, Apple were ordered to create yes. software, yes. a new OS yes. that would negate yes. the software. So that that's not the same as being asked just no. to unlock it. They, did, they didn't no, have a no. key they refused to turn. They refused no. to invent a master key for every iPhone on the planet. Correct. That, is, but, that is true. They, they but, stayed. But, 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 they they could have, stay. but they could have helped if they'd been asked at the appropriate time, Precisely. as yes, they are right. proving in many other cases where they that are the, applying to the, to the law of the local land. Yeah. Uh, as, as I understand it, they no, they were not prepared to create a tool to try and brute force the phone. But what they did say is we would not have, you know, we'd have done everything possible to help you if you hadn't locked yourself out of it by being foolish. Charging in with both feet, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you should have left the phone well alone and spoken to us, and we might have been able to do something. And promptly is the other thing, because yeah, uh, Touch yeah, ID would have gotten it. them in within 24 hours if they had just, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be alive to do Touch ID. No. <laughs> Um, and so, so what do we think in the main story is, is here, um, Bart? Is it the fact that people are not understanding their privacy rights? You know, because this, this goes – Apple, I think, are fighting people's corner without people – a lot of people. And I'm not talking us. Mm. I'm talking, uh, you know – I, yeah, I hate using this phrase, but Joe blogs in the street, you know, um, the ordinary Joe that's just walking around, but is actually bought into the um, the Apple ecosphere. Uh, they don't realise a lot of the fight that Apple are doing in the background to actually uh, allow them to have a bit of privacy, um, because we've we've kind of wandered 
into a world where you give us give as much data as you can to certain companies and oh we can give you this for free and, and this for free and it's almost you know they then deem it their right to have a lot of those products for free because that was given to them by the company that actually now has a tag on their privacy data which they didn't realize was quite as valuable as it is to me, a lot of the problem is with the the discussion of all of this stuff in in the media because it's all painted yep, in black yep. and white. Yep, FBI yep. good, Apple bad, and kind of the, the the reason I wanted to do this uh, this collection of stories is it's not like that. It's not you know good guys and bad guys. It's it's way more nuanced. And what Apple are saying is not we refuse to help governments. What Apple are saying is. We are not going to undermine the security. And, I mean, that is the key point. This is about security as well as privacy. We're not going to undermine the security of our users in order to allow governments to spy on people. And yeah. the, the reality is that the biggest threat to you and me is not terrorism. The, the yeah. likelihood of being involved in a terrorist incident is infinitesimally small. The likelihood of being affected by crime is very high indeed and growing because online crime, digital crime, identity theft, all that stuff is on the up, up, up and up because there's real money there. And so by pulling the whole, oh, will someone think of the terrorists card, governments who want your privacy to vanish into the ether are putting your security at risk and pretending it's to protect you. And it's it's playing on emotions and on the human being's terrible, terrible, terrible inability to actually judge risk. We are scared, if you'll excuse the phrase, poopless, by terrorism, even though the real danger is plain old crime. Well, um, when some of this stuff came up, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, I actually, bizarrely, I actually went online and looked up some of the statistics Mm. for this, and... um, it's it's slightly um, it varies obviously depending on where you are in the world, but for 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 most people, so certainly in Western Europe um, and most of America, you're ch- you're more likely to be hit on the head by a falling meteorite than you are to die in a terrorist incident. Yes, but that, that is that is what you know. This is how you put or, this. Or into to choose context. it more optimistically, you're more likely to win the lotto. Oh, a lot more likely to win the lottery. Way more likely to win. So the I, I prefer to look at it positively because that there's a chance that I might get rich rather than get killed. Well, yeah. Um, so you know, yes, the human being's inability to judge uh, the the realities of risk. I mean, the other the other classic being that lots of people are afraid of f- flying when yes. that's actually by far the safest way, and yet almost nobody is afraid to get in a car, despite the fact that thousands of people are killed and maimed every year doing right, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, the, the dangerous part of an air journey is between your house and the airport. Yes, very much so. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just to, sorry to continue us on, actually, because th- that gr- group of stories is, is an aspect of what was going on in Privacy Wars this month. So that's basically Apple showing their support of law enforcement when they can and as appropriate. But you have a flip side of that, which is actually not a flip side, right? So Apple help authorities because Apple strictly obey the law. And when you strictly obey the law, what you do in different countries is different. And in China, strictly obeying the law means doing things that would strike many of us as deeply unpalatable because 
I do not believe governments should have the kind of power that the Chinese government has. But of course, that's that affects everything to do with China, right? That is how China works. So in China, they passed a new law that said that if you run a cloud service, you have to host Chinese data in China. And it, this is not an anti. This is not a law targeting Apple. This is this is the whole industry. Uh, but a lot of the coverage is very Apple focused. Even though Microsoft have had to do the same for their entire Azure service, and if Google are still in China, which I can't remember if they are or not, they would have no, to do the Google, same too. Google, they, um, they pulled out. Took didn't their they? Ball and, they took their ball and went home, uh, which is something we we I've discussed before. And I my view of that is that um, although China is a huge market. To Google, I doubt that it is anywhere near as important as it is to people like Apple. Yeah. Because uh, Google's connection to China, you know, uh, most Android doesn't really make Google any money. Right. It's a loss leader. Chi- right. The Chinese do not get their their Android services from Google Play. They use a variety of Chinese provided marketplaces. Um, the the rules in China almost certainly prohibit Google doing a lot of what they do best, which is hoovering up data. Yeah. And so it it might it's my contention, although that's merely my opinion, that when presented with something they didn't want to do, Google said, "Is this really worth the effort? No, we're going to take our ball and go home." But that is a and, that is a very sound business decision, though. I mean, that is what a corporation does right they, they don't do it on emotion oh, yeah. they do it on the bottom line and so, for google the bottom line comes out different as it does for microsoft and apple yeah very much so and i believe the difference is for apple they need china they need china mm. because they you know they they have their manufacturing <clears throat> there they need china because it's a huge market and if they're going to sustain growth and all the rest of it they need to be in china and so on and so forth and therefore they don't really have they only got two options haven't they comply with the chinese law or pack up and go home. Yeah, and, and expecting Apple to be a political dissident as opposed to a corporation is, well, to, you know, take your head exactly, out of your, you know what. <laughs> that's, just, that's just ludicrous. Um, no, I, I think they made quite a lot of effort, Apple did, to inform all of those people that um, were using their services to possibly move elsewhere or to to download the data. So I think, again, they played the ethical line straight down the middle to inform those people, um, you know, uh, (laughs) if you're not happy about the process, then um, unfortunately we are going to have to start complying. So either continue but have that piece of knowledge or stop using that particular service, um, and I'm not quite sure the total details, but I think there were some some people in Hong Kong that were using. Um, at, they were kind of indicating that they were from a different part of the world, um, and they could do something. But it, there was work involved, which the people had to do to either keep their their security secure or be prepared to have their data sitting in servers, which would then possibly be. Uh, quite easy for the Chinese government to get access to after a couple of requests through to uh, Apple, who would have to comply with local laws. Now, just to, to clarify, so one of the one of the things Apple did very right here is until you accept the new terms of service, your data is not yes, moved to China. That's yeah. So that's that means right. that no one's data has been moved behind their back, which is you know well done, Apple. They've also been really upfront about this, which is also 
why we know that it's not just the data that's moving to China. We also found out since we recorded last month that it is the encryption keys have to be stored yes, in China that's too. that's right. That's right. And that's kind of ominous, right? Mm-hmm. We would like you to have the safe here and we would like you to have the keys here, please. Yes. It's quite clear what's going on there. Um, completely, completely clear. Completely. But didn't um, – I know – I know that obviously uh, Apple had to partner with the Chinese data center uh, who will store the data. Yes, that's but, the way the law um, works. So basically, if, you, yeah. if you're an outside company, you have to subcontract your cloud hosting to a local Chinese company. And that way, they're completely under Chinese law because it's a Chinese company. Yeah, which is, which is all clear. Now, what I'm not quite so clear about is the thing about the keys. Mm. The the reporting seems a little muddy, and but right. as I, as far as I can tell, I'm under the impression that Apple then partnered with a different Chinese company who will hold the encryption keys. So they're not giving the keys to the kingdom to the people who have the safe. Right, but it is all under the jurisdiction of the Chinese government. It is indeed. People, you know, you know, so it, it is. Which again is Apple staying to the letter of the law and still doing the best by the customers they can manage to do. You know, they're walking a tightrope there, really, aren't they? Yeah, I, as I, I mean, I'm the reporting is to me at least not a hundred percent clear, but I, I, I believe that that's what they're doing, which, as you say, means it's it's a China, another Chinese company under the jurisdiction of the Chinese regime. However, by separating the encryption keys from the iCloud uh, data center itself, yeah. they're doing their absolute best to kind of say, in order for the Chinese government to access that, they have to first of all issue an order to the data center and to Apple, and then and another one for the keys and so on. So, you know, effectively, they're making as many fences as they can legally get away with, yeah. as I understand it. Yeah. Um, and it's another aspect of this, I think, has to be, I mean, I think none of us are in any doubt that the Chinese government would like all the data in the world, please, thank you very much. I don't think that's a controversial statement to me. No, I don't think there's anything. Uh, I think that's very plain to all and sundry. But there's more going on here. Because this is also protectionism, plain old protectionism, because this is guaranteeing business for Chinese companies and jobs for Chinese people, because you're forcing it to happen in China. And as evidence of that, I offer the fact that Apple are now being, and I have no choice really due to demand to build a second data center in mainland China to host their iCloud stuff. Yeah. Um, and also then, this is related, but across the loosely related, I will say. Um, so Apple are very upfront about what they do on their cloud stuff, which is to their credit, I think. And they have a document where they note, you know, they describe a whole bunch of how their cloud stuff works and where they what they do with your data. And that document was updated this month um, to add an extra cloud vendor into the mix of people whom Apple subcontract out to. And one of the names on that list caught some people by surprise, and that would be the name of Google. Uh, but I do think a lot of people are reading all the wrong, are reading too much into that because the fact that Google are hosting Apple's bits doesn't mean that Google can see one single byte of Apple data. 
because all of this stuff is encrypted by keys that are not on the same servers as the servers holding the data, like we described earlier. So Google are holding a bucket of bits for Apple, but that does not mean that Google have just learned all of the data of all of iCloud users. If anyone is thinking that's going on, uh, you, you haven't quite understood how things are going. No, and the other thing is, um, again, I'm not 100% certain about this, but I... I I believe I read that the data that uh, Apple are subcontracting out to Google mm. is uh, basically things like uh, music. Which is, yeah, so CDN-style stuff, basically. Yeah, well, I, iCloud, you know, uh, iCloud music libraries and so on. So not people's emails or... Contacts, calendars, all those kind of... Yeah, it's, you know, it's... Again, I mean, maybe sensible. photos, you know, it might be photos, it might be music. But what they're saying is, uh, I don't know if this is true, but, but it, it, the right, implication it, again was it's the less sensitive data. But, but it again, doesn't it, even matter, though, because the way all of these cloud no, APIs totally work is that you as the customer, you control the encryption. So you are yeah. just handing a bunch of completely scrambled bits to Google who are holding them for you in a giant big bucket in the sky. Well, it's just a bucket. It's all. I mean, it's... The thing is, um, Apple were using Amazon. They yes. were using Amazon to host, and now they've dropped. They've stopped using Amazon, and they're using Google. And apparently, they've they've been using Google for some time. So this isn't new. And in effect, it's just one of those things. It's right. it's storage. It's like we've got we we don't have enough data centers to hold all the data in the whole world, but our customers are giving us more and more. What do we do? Well, we'll rent some off Google or and Amazon it, it's or also a case Microsoft that it, or it, whoever. It's in your interest as a company to outsource the things that are just not going to give you a value add. And dumb storage is not something Apple should be wasting their time on. There are other companies who are better at that than Apple, and I would like Apple to focus on making Siri less stupid rather than learning how to how to make big bit buckets. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm not, you know, I don't know why Apple have moved back, you know, back to Google or across to Google from Amazon, and I'm sure in the end if you were to know the ins and outs of it, it would be the most boring things in the world. I.e. Amazon sense. wanted, you know, Amazon wanted another tenth of a cent per trillion bits and uh <laughs> Google yeah, said we'll I, undercut them. You know? Yeah, and I think I think the relationship between Google and, and Apple it, it was at a time uh, a few years ago mm. um, a little bit um, uh, on the edgy side. When I think um, I think the two companies have uh, have, have made up and are, are quite happy to deal with each other on a more regular basis now. Yeah, whereas yeah. there's also the fact that a lot of people involved in that spat uh, are no longer directly correct. at yes, the correct. helm. And there's people like Scott correct. Forstall and obviously, you know, Uncle Steve has, has gone. Um, and Eric know, Schmidt Forstall, on the Google end is... is yeah. You know, yes, Eric Schmidt, you know, various people. I mean, some of that was the whole thing because the of the thing of Eric Schmidt was on the board at Apple and then went and, you know as Apple saw it, stuck the knife in their back. So I, know, I kind but, of think Apple have a point on that one. That was a nasty conflict of interest he should have extricated himself from. Yeah, but, I mean, leaving all that yeah, aside, exactly, precisely. That's, that's all, that's, 
that you know, but that has it will it will also the past. yeah, and it's receded into the past. So if they feel that uh, that you know they're quite happy now to deal with Google and Google can come up at um, you know half or a quarter or an eighth of a cent per uh, bite cheaper, then you know that's what they'll do if it uh, makes yeah. absolute financial sense. Yeah, exactly. Although it's moving biz- to- although moving businesses can as some people find when it comes to logistics, be difficult. KFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, of course, and as uh, as one reporter on that said, uh, the, you know, the, the jokes on this one are making themselves, you know, don't put yeah. all your eggs in one basket, don't count chickens, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. for our American <laughs> listeners, right, KFC <laughs> in Great Britain changed their courier company to DHL, who had some sort of whoopsie, which resulted in KFC running out of chicken. Chicken in Kentucky Fried Chicken. For, for several days. Yes. Yeah, it, anyway. yes. It, it, yeah. yeah, it made it caused much upset. Uh, so, um, so, I, do, I do just want to make one other serious point before I move us on a bit. Um, when you're designing a security architecture, right, if you are relying on the person holding your bits as part of your security you're doing it wrong because you're supposed to design your architecture in such a way that you have secured the bits and then you hand them yeah, yeah. to someone else's store on the assumption they're completely insecure because your security is taken care of long before it gets to that. And Apple have most certainly done that because they have issued many white papers on how their stuff works. So you don't need to worry. What they're outsourcing is just the dumb storage of pre-encrypted yeah. bits and it really, really doesn't matter. The, the thing you should be worried about is will Google lose those encrypted bits? <laughs> And I think, to be honest, that's not likely because Google are absolute experts at holding data. I would, I, I suppose, you know, as a as a crude analogy, you know, Google is a bank vault, mm. and your data is in your safety deposit box. Only yeah. you have the key to the safety deposit box, um, and so no, you know, it's just a big room full of everybody's individual boxes. That's a really good analogy, all of which thanks. are locked. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. I'm going to remember that one. That that explains it very well. Um, The last story then under this big, vague, amorphous heading is um, a giant big pile of FUD or smush or fudge or... (laughs) Anyway, it's grey at best. So there is a company in Israel called Celebrite who, depending on how you feel like it, you may call them a security company or you may call them hackers for hire um, it all depends <laughs> you know what shade of depends grey depends on you your point of view yeah yeah is there what a grey hat a bit white? black or is there a grey hat <laughs> a bit white but either way they, they are what they are um, and they sell services to governments where they try to break into devices famously the San Bernardino iPhone for example and they are now saying in their promotional bump that they now support unlocking of iOS devices up to and including the latest iPhones on iOS 11. Now, that's all they say. That's being reported as Celebrite can unlock any iPhone. But Uh, that's not what they say on their fluff, because you have no idea. We don't know, and they are not going to tell us, how many asterisks there are in that statement, because they don't use the word all. So is it if it's configured a certain way? Is it if X, Y, or Z caveat is true? Is it that we have a 10% chance of getting in, but that's 10% more than anyone else has? We actually don't know. Well, I read, uh, I'm not sure where, but I did read somebody uh, making exactly the same point as you, uh, said that they had, you know, been told by 
persons in the know that what Celebrite have actually done is found a way to bypass the uh, number of password attempts. Right, uh, so the brute force protection is removed, but then they still have to do the brute forcing. Yes, so uh, what this person said was, if what I have heard is true, Mm. and that what Celebrite have actually done is figure out how to uh, get around the anti-brute forcing measures, they still have to brute force it, and therefore if you have a long, secure passcode, they're still basically stuck trying to brute force it, and uh, the longer your password, the longer it's going to take them. Yep. So ultimately... If you choose 0000 as your PIN number, you're in big trouble, whereas if you choose an alphanumeric, you're not. And the thing is, with modern iOS devices where you have either a fingerprint sensor or face ID, you're not asked for your password very often. So it's actually okay to go with a complex one. Yes, on on the few occasions a week you need it, it takes a little bit more work. But nine, you know, the vast, vast majority of the time, it's completely irrelevant to you. So since getting my iPhone 10, I have a much longer alphanumeric password on my iPhone than I used to. And just the simple act of having a full keyboard come up for people to have to type into, it, it, to be honest, I think it puts most people off from even having a go at guessing your quote-unquote well, pin yeah, because, because, oh, it, sugar. It, it's no longer a sort of, can you, you know, I'll, I'll randomly enter a string of six numbers and hope. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I use lock codes, you know, along the lines of, uh, I don't know, you know, the boy stood on the burning deck or... Um, so your XKCD you know, style passphrase. Yeah, well, you know, water, water all around, nor any drop to drink. Now, I mean, that's an awful lot of entropy. It's very easy to remember, especially if you put it, you know, but you can put in some capitals and some punctuation. If you know your, if you know your song or your poetry properly if you include the punctuation that damn thing's nearly unbreakable brute force or no well certainly i mean you can definitely make the argument that using english words is less secure than using absolute random gibberish but absolute random gibberish has the great disadvantage of being completely unhuman friendly and we are still humans (laughs) you know uh we're not very good Yes, memorizing long strings of nonsense. So, and there is also yes, the fact I, that it's not you're not measuring it against perfect. You're measuring it against a six-digit pin. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if I if I use a line out of the hymn Jerusalem as my passcode, that's very easy to remember. And Perhaps a bit in, too British. Well, whatever, but in, you know what I mean. I don't know, pick anything you like. A line from the Star Spangled Banner, I don't care. It's quite long, but it's not that difficult to remember, and it's exactly. not that difficult yeah. to type in. Actually, if I may make a piece of advice to people, right, this is somewhat counterintuitive, but if you're being attacked by someone who who has access to your Twitter or whatever, it's very easy to automatically profile you and figure out what you like and what you don't like. Don't base your password on the stuff you love. Base your password on the stuff that really pisses you off that you don't talk about. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, you know, I might have just given away the fact that I occasionally use poems and hymns, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like so, you know. as an example, and it's pretty hypothetical. I, I, you know, I, I don't do pop music, so I would need to do a bit of googling to find out who the young and hip kids are into these days, who I know nothing about. Uh, and then find some sort of phrase related to that and then use that because anyone who's profiling me is never going to think that it's something to do with, I don't know, I'm going to show my age terribly here, NSYNC or something like that. Yeah, well, exactly. Even there, pick, yeah, pick something from the, uh, yeah, whoever. So, <laughs> if, so if you're well known to be into heavy metal, choose some songs by Morrissey. Or exactly, <laughs> exactly. So does anyone know um, what Celebrite shares prices are doing at the moment? I imagine up. <laughs> oh, nominate us! Oh, it looks like they want they want to be all uh, nominated for the Forensic Forecast Awards in 2018. Do uh, they now? Yeah, yes, they do. I've just popped onto this site to have a look round, and you know, yeah, I think I think you can often, and I almost uh, said this when we were talking about um, security before. But uh, rather, rather than the the terrorists, uh, when it comes to your security and your privacy, follow the money because that's where sure. the action is. Uh, and it's it's almost the same with this, isn't it? So it's just follow the money, folks. Well, well to, to be know, honest, right? Companies like Celebrate are part of the military industrial complex. They, yeah, they, they don't make yeah. dynamite or jet fighters, but they are still yeah. part of that same billion dollar industry with lots and lots and lots of secrecy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, military. I mean, if you look across the the top of their their page, they've got law enforcement as a as a topic, military and intelligence, corporate investigations, yeah. uh, and then just two at the end: solutions and products and advanced services. I mean, it's yeah, solutions. Well, that could be flipping anything. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> as Andy J said that he you know he knows of Celebrite uh, because they are part of the you know the the field in which he works. Yeah. And he said much the same as you. They are what they are. They're yeah, somewhere yeah, between. Absolutely. They're somewhere between guns for hire and uh, you know mercenary specialists. They yeah. they sell. They do certain things and they ask people for money in return. And I um, think it will be easy for any of us to pick individual customers of theirs we find detestable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they do sell stuff to regimes in the Middle East and stuff. So, you know, it's. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we. I mean, where you come down on them, you know, how dark or how light you think their grey is, is going to depend a bit on how much you agree or disagree with the politics of their customers. Agreed. Agreed. Mm. And I think, like most of these people, they have somewhere between little and no politics. It's give it's us money. the money and exactly. we, <laughs> give us That's... the money and we sell you the products. But it's again, it's the headline, isn't it? Phone cracking firm Celebrite claims it can unlock latest iPhones. And, mm. you know, we've kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's, it can unlock at least one iPhone ten. is what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them all of the time. No, precisely. And uh, somewhere in the spectrum between one and all of them is where reality is, and they're not going to tell us where in that spectrum reality lies because it's not in their interest to tell us that. No. Guys, I'm going to move us on unless anyone has a strong objection into just a few quick stories before we wrap up the show. Um, so these are things that made the news in February but are not really worthy of an in-depth discussion, but they should be, they should be remarked upon. And feel free if any of these... Uh, as Alison would say, blow your dress up to to chime in. And if they don't, you know, don't feel under any pressure to chime in, basically, I guess is what I'm saying. If it's exciting, speak up. If it's not, we shall pass on. 
Um, the first thing I just want to note because I just think this is a, this is a, another one of these slow brewing stories. Clearly, Apple are going to announce some sort of video service soon. What it will be, how it will work, all completely up in the air. But what we do know is that they are producing content at a rate of knots. So this month, a story said out of factor that Ron Howard is developing a series based on NBA superstar Kevin Durant's early career. We have Apple are renewing their, their successful carpool karaoke uh, for a second season. And M. Night Shyamalan is to produce a straight-to-series thriller for Apple. So, again, the content just keeps being made. And one of these days, it is going to be a news item where we finally get to find out what they're doing. But until that happens, I'm not really all that keen on yeah. making it a main topic. I mean, the other one was um, they were in the running to get their hands on a sci-fi series, weren't they, by the guy who did Battlestar Galactica, which I don't think they secured in the end. I think it yeah, I think they missed else. out on a few as well. Yeah, I didn't even bother including those in the show notes. It's like Apple. But, I mean, the, the, the general zeitgeist is it's a bit like Project Titan. It's bubbling away in the background there. Yeah, they haven't and told us what they're later. up to, but we all know they're up to something. And sooner or later, you know, Tim will come out and whip the cloth off the table and say, ta-da! I mean, one more, just one more thing, yeah. Um, there was also Apple had a shareholder meeting, and um, I happen, I, I believe one of our regular panellists was actually at the shareholder meeting, but unfortunately nothing earth-shatteringly exciting happened at the shareholder meeting. No special dividend. Apple think they have opportunities in healthcare, and they didn't give people a free guided tour of Apple Park, which I think made some people very sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the most disappointing thing about the whole lot, isn't it? No, no trip around the Apple Park. Well, they did get to go into the Steve Jobs Theatre and stuff. So, I mean, it's not that they saw none of it, but they didn't get a super secret behind the scenes. Perhaps they wouldn't. They didn't want anybody going inside the campus because of the banging into glass walls for a fiasco. Yeah, I mean, our, you know, we had the luxury of moving into a new building a few two year two years ago now, and one of the things I noticed immediately was that absolutely all of our giant, big floor-to-ceiling glass panels have bits of smoked glass on them. You know, and little patterns and strips. And, I mean, they use it as an excuse to, you know, put meeting room across the glass for the meeting room. And they had it upside down on one floor, which was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> you uh, you know, and randomly, the if you go yeah, randomly <laughs> label things as IT services in giant big letters that you have to stand halfway back in the building to see. But the whole point of all of that shenanigans is very straightforward. It's so we don't break our noses. Yeah, well, I was going to say, um, in this country, uh, I think... I'm pretty sure there's legislation. If you go into, you know, stores, that's know, true, Asda yeah. or whatever, you know, if you have glass doors, they have to have a certain percentage of frosting or other identification so that they're not just a flat sheet yeah. of glass because otherwise people have a tendency to smack into them. Or, bir- you know, um, like birds do it. Why wouldn't people do it? Well, yeah, people do it all the time. So um, that's why you find – you'll see these doors, don't they? And they have, like, the acid-etched chevrons or uh, – yeah. Just, I mean, like it doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be a something so that your brain yeah, goes, oh, a thing. A thing, a stripe, a, you know, a line, something to make it obvious that it's there. Uh, and, yeah, I was alluding to the fact that apparently several Apple employees have concussed themselves by walking into the glass dividers. Ouch. Ouch, yes. Well, there we go. Um, Apple are also continuing their push into the business world, uh, which has definitely been a feature of Tim Cook's tenure. They have partnered with Cisco 
Aon and Allianz to deliver corporate cybersecurity services. And this is not end-user stuff by any stretch of the imagination whatsoever. This is highly corporate-speak stuff. But nonetheless, it's Apple catering to an audience that we're not used to seeing them cater to. And they're not making a big noise about it because we're so not the audience here. None of us have, you know, multi-million dollar budgets for cybersecurity. So it's, again, it's interesting to see Apple play in that space. Yeah. And uh, also, it may be of uh, relevance to people. Apple have launched a repair program for iPhone 7s, which experienced something called a no-service issue, where basically your iPhone 7 basically forgets to be a phone. Um, And if that happens to you, then they will fix it for you, which seems entirely reasonable to me. (laughs) Yeah. um, I I covered this a couple of shows back, obviously, because ours is weekly and yours isn't. Um, Apparently... Apple say that the problem is actually a faulty component on the logic board. If this happens to you, it is they've acknowledged that there is a component on the board which fails. Um, and right. so they've they've um, done one of their famous, if your iPhone falls in the serial number range duh, 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 to DDD, uh, contact us and we will fix Swapsy. it for you. Yeah, Because what they'll do is they'll, they'll take your phone and give you a refer back. Which yeah, is fine exactly. because your phone is used and you'll get back a refurb. If anything, if in fact, a... it'll be it'll have a little bit of TLC done to it, so it's yeah. probably better than the one you hand them in. Certainly, if you're me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Apple are also making some changes to the security of their iTunes road. You'll have the side effect of killing iTunes on obsolete operating systems and hardware, so that affects those. Foolish people continuing to run Windows XP while connected to the internet in any way, shape, or form. And it affect people with the first generation Apple TV. And oh, Windows okay. Vi- and Vista, I believe. Oh, yeah, there are. Somehow that doesn't make people as passionate. The, the people who are passionate are Windows XP people who jumped to 7 when they were finally pushed. And they're now yeah. clinging on for dear life to Windows 7. And I'm sorry to inform you people out there, 2019 is zero hour for you guys. You're, you're about to be forced onto Windows 10, like it or lump it. But you get to skip 8, which I guess is good. That's. I'm just looking at the first... Um series of apple tv it is some time ago but yeah. it seems odd that actually we're we're obsolete or that someone a company is obsoleting a product which has an hdmi cable connection yeah but it's a computer no no no. i get that i get that i get all of that but it's it just seems to me that hdmi hasn't been around for that long but obviously it has well, and it's apple are not known for being them. like a- apple don't go with old connectors they like no. to be they like to be ahead of the curve yeah. on that one Actually, because actually, when the Apple, when the first generation Apple TV came along, lots of people needed dongles to get them connected to their telly. Yeah, precisely because they were they were using the the, the newfangled connector instead of the old scarf leads and all that jazz. I used to have one of those first gen Apple TVs. Yeah, mm. I never. I, I, oh, I did have one of those. No, oh wait, yeah, oh, I had the, a second gen. Sorry, I had a second gen. The first, the first gen is the one that looks like the um, time capsule, wasn't it? Yes, it was actually. actually no, it had a hard drive this. inside it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I waited. In fact, till... it is basically a time capsule because it has its own hard drive, doesn't it? It does, and it has yeah. a very similar OS to what was on those as well. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. There, I I joined it with the first of the pucks, and now I have one of the shiny new ones, which I love to bits. Anyway, uh, final story then is is one where I have to be careful not to be too. I don't have to be careful. It's my show. I can say whatever the hell I want, but. Um, <laughs> People are going to get cranky at me if I express a political opinion, so prepare for crank. 
Um, Apple have launched their own healthcare service for employees because, well, if you live in America, you kind of need to rely on your company to do your government's job. And cue hate mail. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, um, regardless of, uh, let's say, regardless of your political opinion of how and why the uh, US health system works the way that it does... But it does. Primary, primary health care uh, being provided by employers is becoming very much, I think, uh, seen as a, a you know a, a very big part of some of these big companies. Uh, Aliwa. Yeah, and you have to bear in mind that Apple don't get to decide how America is. Apple exists within an existing country. And they have employees, and those employees have health needs, and it is in Apple's interest to keep those employees healthy. Therefore, it is in Apple's interest to provide them with good health care. And this is a good way for Apple to do it. I'm just sad and depressed that the answer is, okay, I guess we'll have to invent our own health care system. Yes, well, uh, those of us who live in places where healthcare doesn't work that way uh, don't really understand it at all. It seems mad and backwards and very strange for, you know, one of the richest countries in the world to behave that way. But there we go. That's... Strange, yeah. I, 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 I think we're on uncontroversial ground if we say we do not understand, we do not comprehend, it makes no sense to us. That doesn't no. mean that it's wrong, it just means that it makes our heads explode. <laughs> yeah, makes no sense to us whatsoever. But you guys think we're all weird commies over here, so I, I think, you know, I think the the lack of I don't get, I know the I don't get it is probably mutual. We we just don't yes, get the opposite of each other. Very much, very much. Anyway, with, with that said, as the hate mail comes pouring in, let's 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 draw a line under this month's show, folks. Um, guys, thank you ever so much for giving so freely of your time. I really appreciate it when panelists take time out of their busy schedules to come and talk to me and the audience. Um. Before I let you guys give yourselves uh, some plugs for your wonderful podcast, I just want to remind listeners that detailed show notes with links to the stories that informed my thinking on this month's news are over at lets-talk.ie, or at least they will be shortly. Um, There is a 75-25 chance that when you download this show today, it will have chapter markers in it for the first time. That is what I am hoping to achieve. However, I may or may not have done so by the time you're listening to this. So if there are no chapter markings, I failed. Please feel sorry for me and I'll try again next month. And if there are, hopefully this is how we'll do things going forward. So we shall see how this works out. Um, When you're over looking at the show notes, you will uh, see that there is a heading in the sidebar labeled support the show, which contains a bunch of large blue buttons for the precise purpose of supporting the show. Um, There is a plain old PayPal button, very straightforward, ideal for one-time donations. The way PayPal's fee structure works is you're better off doing one donation every year or two rather than a small donation regularly because basically PayPal hoover up a very, very significant percentage of small donations and a very, very small percentage of bigger donations, Uh, which is why Patreon is there too, because Patreon is the exact inverse. Patreon is really, really good at small regular contributions. So, you know, pledge a dollar a month, that kind of thing. That's exactly what it's for, and that's exactly what it's efficient at. And then there are also links to a Zazzle store where you can buy merchandise and become a walking, talking advertisement. 
and also affiliate links to two very geeky services that I actually use um, a lot because I am a geeky person. And that is uh, cloud hosting from DigitalOcean. And if you need a virtual machine in the cloud and you use that affiliate link, then both of us will get some uh, some gratuity, some actual credit on our accounts from DigitalOcean. Just clicking the link and buying nothing will achieve nothing for anyone. So really, this is only for people who actually need cloud hosting. And similarly, there is a Hover affiliate link. Now, that one only helps me. It doesn't help you, but you get to feel good about having helped me. But again, only if you actually buy something. So if you don't need a domain name, don't bother clicking the link. And if you don't need hosting, don't bother clicking the link. Uh, But of course, you don't need to spend a single cent to be extremely supportive of the show. Simply tweet about it, tell your friends about it, or review us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And anyone and everyone who supports the show in any way, large or small, I really appreciate it. Uh, This is a 100% listener-supported show, so you guys, if I can steal Ken Ray's phrase, rock. Now, uh, dear panellists, I don't remember what order I introduced you in. Oh, I think I do. Uh, So we go in reverse order. Simon, do you, uh, or would you please, tell the good listeners where they can hear more of your content? Uh, Well, I'm on the Essential Apple podcast uh, with... Mark Chapel, and you can find us at uh, at on the essentialapple.com. Uh, we are on Pinecast. Uh, we also appear on the mymac.com page, uh, and that's about it, really. Actually, we're we're very big on this. is an this is an entirely incestuous MyMac show. I've just <laughs> it realised it, it, it is a little, yes. isn't it? <laughs> yes, we're all we're all MyMac uh, network podcasters. Yes. There you go, Tim. You see, we're all getting together. You've you've fostered a community for us here, which is true, actually. So thank you, Tim. Um, Gaz, do you want to give people the the uh, link we've all been hinting at? Yeah, so actually uh, you can find myself and Guy Searle on the MyMac podcast, which probably started a lot of it. Um, uh, and we're, always, we're seemingly always on a bit of a countdown to some some big number or other. But we've, we've recently become uh, uh, quite good at saying that we are one show away from something or other. Oh. And uh, it's, become, it's become a bit of a, a, a start of the show tradition. One and, away, and, away, yeah, one away, one away. away, one away, away that's away. right. And, um, it, you know, it was like last week we were just one show away from a number which equated to when Radbod, later known as Christy Binky, King of the Frisians, re- retreats to the island of Heligoland, soon to, become, <laughs> soon to become Legoland in the North Sea. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit fun. And that kind of sets the tone for the My Mac podcast. We're nutters. It's been a while since you've since you've needed a substitute and asked me to sub in, but I ha- I have on occasion popped in for for a visit when one of you guys is on you holidays, have. and it is yes, always yes. immensely enjoyable because you guys are nuts in the best possible sense of that word. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, guys, thank you ever so much. I've been your host Bart Bouchard. You can find me at Bart B. And this is the last show until the next show. And until then, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, Gaz, do you like apples? Yes, I love coxes because they're hard and juicy. Huh? 
You mean what I think you mean? Yeah, Cox's Pippin Apples. They come from Somerset Guy. Everyone knows that. But we're talking about the MyMac.com podcast. It's been around since 2004. Oh, I see. That type of apple. Exactly. You can find it in iTunes. Talk to us from Twitter or Facebook. Or call us on our Skype number, which is... 703-436-9501. There. Said it before you could. This is Mark Chappell of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? No, nope, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better riders? Well, that goes without saying. No, I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with, well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean venture. Well, it's still essentially an apple-related show, so why not how do you like those apples? Catchy, but does it essentially sum up what an apple show should be about? Alright, how about get your apples here, an apple a day, chatty apple, happy pie, oh, oh, just apple. No, we essentially need something that is more apple-related. Monkey tennis! Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing apple-related things. You knuckleheads, just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis.